This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Butte, Montana began as a fast-growing copper mining town. Soon after, it became a bustling city with numerous saloons and brothels. The Dumas Hotel not only stood above all others, but went on to be the longest-running establishment of its type in the United States. Alleged murders and mysterious deaths are also part of its long history, and many believe that some customers, workers, and victims may have never left. Join us as we dive into the history and hauntings of the Dumas Brothel. I can't believe we got in, John said to his friend Will as they opened the door and stepped inside the brick building. Me either. I thought for sure it'd be locked, Will said back. The teenage boys entered the old Dumas brothel that had only been abandoned for a year or so. It was the gossip of the entire town once it finally closed. The owner going to jail for, of all things, tax evasion. The boys began to walk around the building of half-empty rooms, hoping to find something cool to show their friends. As the boys searched around, they began to grow a bit impatient as they thought there'd be more things to look at and possibly take. What are we looking for anyway? John said to Will. I don't know, just something to prove we actually got in to show all the guys, Will responded. This floor's kind of empty. Want to check upstairs? John said while holding an old bourbon glass. I've got an even better idea. Let's check out the basement. I heard there's even tunnels down there, Will said with glee in his voice. The boys found the stairs to the basement and gathered their flashlights from their pockets. As they opened the door and shined the light down the stairs, John felt the chill run across his body. I'm not so sure this is a good idea, he said out loud, but Will ignored him and kept down the stairs. When they got down there, they were in shock. The entire basement was set up with what looked to be like little rooms. Wow, Will said in shock. He began to look around the basement, shining his light wildly. As John walked around the outer walls, he heard a whisper in his right ear say, Come sit down. Startled, he jumped and turned around. There was nothing there. Great. Now he was hearing things. Will, I think I'm going to get out of here. I'll go check the second floor, he said with a tremble in his voice. God, you're such a baby. Fine, I'll check around here, Will responded, slightly annoyed. As John reached the staircase once again, he heard a whisper in his ear, this time saying, Please don't go. Yet again, nothing there. 
Hey, man, you okay? Will shouted from across the basement. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Just tripped, John said. Klutz. John made his way to the second floor and began looking around the rooms. There wasn't much left, but he found a desk with an old quill pen on it. That should do the trick, he thought. As he grabbed the pen, he heard someone begin to slowly walk up the staircase. Good, Will was done. They could get out of this creepy place now. Got something, he shouted to let Will know that they had their artifact. He reached the top of the stairs and saw no one there. But the creaks up the steps continued. Shocked, he took a few steps back and then checked the hall behind him. After seeing nothing, he turned back on the stairs to make his exit. What are you doing with my pen? An angry woman holding a suitcase demanded. John dropped the pen and ran down the stairs. He ran into Will on the first floor, grabbed him by the arm, and pulled him outside. As they caught their breath in the fresh air, they looked up to the second floor window and saw the woman staring down and glaring at them. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Butte, Montana. Butte, Montana sits towards the southwestern part of the state and was formally established in 1864. It began as a copper mining town, as copper was in high demand for new technologies, specifically electricity. Butte would also become a hotbed of union-related riots, which over the years would see the lynching of one union organizer named Frank Little. Other than Little, in 1920, guards from the Anaconda Company would gun down 17 men in the back as they tried to flee during the riots, with one man being killed. This incident would go on to be known as the Anaconda Road Massacre. The area was also home to one of the most tragic mine disasters in history. On June 8, 1917, a fire in the Granite Mountain mine shaft spewed flames, smoke, and even poisonous gas through the tunnels that connected the Speculator Mine. A rescue effort began immediately, but carbon monoxide was already beginning to spread throughout the air supply. Some of the men barricaded themselves against bulkheads to try and survive, while others died in a panic, trying to find any way out that they could. At first, the rescuers tried to set up fans to help with ventilation, which did work for a bit. What didn't work was when they tried to put the fire out with water. The water quickly turned into steam that burned many of the men trying to escape to death. Once the fire went out, efforts were made to recover the bodies. Most of the bodies recovered were mutilated so badly that they weren't able to be identified. In the end, 168 men lay dead in the tragedy. Being a heavily grown mining town, Butte was known as a city that you could get anything you were looking for, legal or illegal. Breweries were a big part of the city's economy, and bars were abundant. The other things that were easily obtainable in Butte were drugs and prostitution. There was even a street in Butte that housed so many brothels, it became known as the Twilight Zone. Many brothels were opened in Butte, but one would outlast them all, the Dumas Brothel, sometimes referred to as the Dumas Hotel. In 1890, two French-Canadian brothers would open a brothel at 45 East Mercury Street and name it after Joseph's wife, settling on the Dumas Brothel. Within 10 years, it would be known as one of the three most high-class places of its type in the city, 
joined by the Windsor Hotel and the Hotel Victoria. Little is known about the very early days of the business, but as of 1900, Madame McGuinness was in charge of the brothel with four girls who worked under her. During this time, the cost to get intimate with one of the girls was 50 cents, and the women got to keep 40% of that in general. By 1903, traffic began to expand all across Butte, especially at the brothels, and the Dumas was no exception. They would begin to put in cribs at the building. Cribs were essentially nothing more than a small room with just a bed and maybe a chair in them, designed for the poorer of the clients. The women the brothel deemed not worthy of the higher class of customer were put down here, and the average stay per guest was around seven minutes. By the time the brothel was done expanding, a total of 43 cribs were in the basement of the property. The brothel would also operate 24-7, with three rotating eight-hour shifts to match the minor schedule, so that someone was always available for those getting off work. One of the more popular women in the beginning was a worker named Sandra. Illegally brought to the brothel by the Nadu brothers, she was frequently sought after by the men who entered the brothel, and often showered with tips and gifts. Sandra was so popular, in fact, she would work in the brothel all the way up until the age of 61, when she would retire. Many believe that Sandra is still one of the spirits haunting the brothel, who has taken the hand of several people to start leading them to her room. Although Sandra enjoyed her time in the brothel, it was a hard life for many of the girls working there. Marriage prospects were almost non-existent for the women who worked here. The only hope at the time was that a minor would fall in love with them. This would happen on occasion, but more often than not, the girls would be promised marriage, only for the man to never follow through or even die while working in the mines. Even worse, though, was the abuse. Women were commonly subjected to physical abuse by clients, as much as the business would try to keep it out of the establishment. It would even happen off the premises. Sometimes, it is even believed to have escalated to murder. There is no hard proof of any murders committed in the Dumas brothel, but there are rumors of several different ones that happened either in the building or outside of it. A blood-stained handprint has even recently been discovered on the inner wall of one of the cribs in the basement. The source is unknown, but with a broken door close by, it's more than likely this was the result of a violent altercation. Unsafe abortion practices were also a deadly proposition for the women. The death rate for clinical abortion at the time was somewhere around 20 to 30 percent, with the in-house treatments being much more dangerous. One of the way women attempted to do this was inject themselves with either vinegar, mercury, or even arsenic. Combine all of this, and it would be too much for some of the women, with some taking their own lives through various means before the age of 30. With all the heartache, abuse, and death, a brothel combines many of the tragedies we see to create the perfect spot for a haunting, and the Dumas itself is not lacking in that category. It's unclear when Eleanor Knott arrived in Butte, but she began working at the Dumas brothel at a young age and eventually worked her way up to madam and even owner. In January of 1955, Eleanor sent a letter to her friend Liz informing her that she was selling the brothel and moving away with her current boyfriend. She wouldn't say who her boyfriend was, but it's believed it was a wealthy married businessman in town who had told her he was getting a divorce. In the letter, she told Liz that she had plenty of money and asked if they could stay with them in Spokane, Washington for a few nights. On February 7, 1955, Eleanor was found dead in her room at the Dumas next to a packed suitcase with just $40 on her. 
the coroner's report would go on to state that it was natural causes. However, it was widely reported as a suicide. Many believe it had to have been a murder, though. Objects and money were missing from Eleanor's place, perhaps to stage a robbery. A common thought is the businessman had no real intentions of going away with her, instead opting to kill her to save his reputation and marriage. Immediately upon her death, staff of the brothel would often see her spirit walking the hallways and up and down the staircase, always holding her suitcase. One night, three young men broke into the building and started stealing stuff from the displays. As they made their way up the stairs, they were startled as they saw the ghost of Eleanor, followed by plates and dishes being thrown at them, before they turned around and rushed out the building. Another actively known spirit in the former brothel is that of a woman named Sarah, who worked in the building in 1917. Sarah was going to be one of the lucky girls to get out, as she had met a minor named James. In fact, she even kept a letter from James hung up in her crib. Shortly before they were set to be married, James was killed in a mining accident. Sarah unraveled after this, spiraling into a depression and self-medicating with opium. Shortly after, she would die of an overdose. Whether it was on purpose or not remains a mystery. Her spirit has been more active recently, believed to be due to renovations in the building, and she has frightened the new owners on numerous occasions. On top of the known spirits are many unidentified spirits haunting the old brothel. The smell of cigar smoke is known to appear out of nowhere on the first floor, accompanied by disembodied voices. While a group was on a tour of the building, there was a door that was locked, and the entire group watched as it unlocked on its own. The basement where the cribs were also housed a lot of paranormal activity. Numerous shadow figures have been seen lurking throughout the basement. An investigator even claims to have captured a photo of a man in a miner's outfit, wearing a bandana, as evidence in the basement. Conversations can be heard between men and women, perhaps discussing and negotiating for that night's price. A brothel embodies the memories of people that run the gambit from tragic to excitement to anger and even love. The Dumas, being the longest-running one in the country, has many known and unknown stories that hit all of these feelings in spades. Will more of these stories be uncovered in time based on evidence collected by investigators? Only time will tell. But in the meantime, the Dumas Hotel remains one of the most haunted former brothels in the country. going on folks welcome into hometown ghost stories episode number 66 butte montana which apparently is abbreviated differently we like to keep an open mind here with our abbreviations <laughs> we don't make the rules <laughs> <laughs> definitely don't make those ones uh i'm jesse wilkins i'm joined by rob coke uh rob coakley hello rob um can you imagine working a job where they take 40 percent of your pay as an employer like 
insanity, right? That's just taxes, right? Yeah, but the uh, employer is taking it. On top, on top of taxes. Of, yeah. <laughs> on top of I taxes. Know, I don't know how heavily the government was taxing workers in the brothel back in that, that year, but yeah, that's still a lot to take. Yeah, you'd be left with like, you know, 30 cents afterwards. It's crazy. If, if that. It's just bonkers. Bananas. Mm. All the B words. Speaking of bonkers and bananas, we're here with Dave. What's up? Bonkers and bananas indeed. Author of Bonkers and Bananas, a children's book. Bonkers, bananas, and brothels. Children's book. (laughs) 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 Ah, yes. (laughs) Wow. It's a heavy hitter. It's a heavy hitter. Don't know where to don't want to know where to go from there. But uh, thanks for everyone for joining. We'll see you <laughs> next week at uh, the IPM Eastern for bonkers bananas and brothels. That's uh that's too much. All right, so what's up? The live chat. We got a lot of people hanging out today. We appreciate all of you guys for hanging out. We got people that are entering into the wheel spin. If you haven't already, type stickers in the chat. We'll try to catch all your names, and we won't forget you this time. That's gonna be our promise. Speaking of not forgetting people, before we jump into things, I want to say sorry to who did i forget last week was it mallory look you forgot that you forgot about her you forgot <laughs> about her again yeah, yeah mallory yeah, k yeah. i think i according to rob i left you off the uh the the patron thank you list so sorry to vip uh to our vip mallory k and we still appreciate you and i haven't forgotten about you i just uh got confused these things happen so butte montana yeah butte montana we have not covered montana until this episode over a year into the show you would think we would have gotten to montana and i found quite a few places in montana i wanted to cover um but i settled on this this was originally going to be the valentine's day episode until i found something else which no one has guessed yet so we decided to do it this week for episode 66 butte montana is there not a better town name to have a brothel in than butte like it it just works so well. Mm-hmm. It's just like the it's most perfect Montana. of most perfect of synergy that there ever was. Mm. It does work nice together. Yeah. I mean, it's like having a mechanic in Mechanicsville, right? Or I guess the only place that would be better to have the brothel is like Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Is that an actual is that one of those weird town names, or did you just make that up? No, it's, I it's real. It, is it really? It's real, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Pennsylvania, but there is a town called Intercourse. Yeah, that would be. You just slide your chair all the way into the kitchen, and that's about how far away from your microphone you are right now. Me? <laughs> yeah, super far away. Hang on one second. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a little closer. Oh, that sounds so much better now. Love it. Anyway, so this is uh, episode number 66, and we are talking about Butte, Montana. Was it It was just a one location? Did we just cover the brothel? Yeah, I only covered the brothel because there was so much history at this place that it would have taken away from it if we went somewhere else. And there's so much more to cover. I kind of hit on the mine a little bit, that big mining accident in the beginning. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it needed to be its own episode. Basically. Brennan says they have a, a place called finger in Tennessee. So there's that <clears throat> And public squash says there's a uh, coming in Georgia. Yeah. Well, in Massachusetts, we have a town called sandwich. Yeah, so at least have, we have that. We also have a town called Florida in Massachusetts. Very confusing. confusing. Yeah, there's also an Egypt. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's situated. It must be. Wait, it's situated its own town. There's a town. I know, but there's like a little sub, like a subsection of situate that's called Egypt. 
Oh, do they have tiny disappointing pyramids? No, but all the street names are like Egypt related. Oh, really? Yeah. It's actually kind of cool. I can guarantee it looks nothing like Egypt. It do, I, I've never been to Egypt, but I can. we could surmise. No way, Genie. So, oh, oh, if this is Genie from a couple of weeks ago, I think you actually won the wheel spin, so send us your information. But if this is the same Genie, uh, she says there's Blue Balls, Pennsylvania. At this point, I think you Nothing guys are making surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan has a hell. Mm-hmm. Which is hell, Michigan. Yeah. That list of uh, the weirdest town name in each state. There's just some insane town names in there. There definitely is. Do we want to start dabbling in Butte, Montana, and we can do this at the end of the show? Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's a good idea. I guess you're right. Guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, instead of sidetracking this. Um, yeah, so this brothel really caught my attention by not only all the hauntings, but just like the entire history of this place. The longest running brothel in American history. Insanity. Like it ran from 1890 to like 1980, like roughly. So like a little over 90 years, this place was up and operating. Sometimes legally, sometimes illegally. Um, and so it's in the 80s. Is this one of those... Is Montana one of the states where it's legal still or no? Was it up until the eighties? No, I don't know. They they were it went illegal like in the nineteen forties, for sure, in Montana, when the government was entirely cracking down. I think the only I'm real bad on my brothel history right now. You would think I'd I'd be up to snuff on it, but I think the only two that still had it might have been Rhode Island and Nevada. Mm, right, yeah, okay. Nevada, you have one that's going to catch up eventually if they stay in business, which is the Moonlight Money Ranch, which is a legal licensed brothel in Nevada. I'll DM you guys the address. Um, <laughs> but it first opened in 1955, and it's um, – yeah, so I think it's still in business. It's got like 30 years, and then I can catch up. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so like Nevada was like one of the only ones – there was definitely illegal. What they ended up having to do in the forties was transform it into looking like a boarding house. So they presented it as a boarding house to keep the government away. And they also eventually started just paying off the police and town politicians. Right. So, right. But yeah, so like we go back to the, the 1890s and, we talked about this with Arizona when we talked about Tombstone, which might have even been episode two. So it becomes this mining town for copper. So there's tons of miners, tons of mines there. And they're they're all um they need amenities around them, right? So what amenities do miners need? It just goes right to breweries, right to bars, pubs, and brothels, and they there were so many brothels. I'm saying brothels so much this episode. Like, I hope this really turns everybody on, like me saying this <laughs> word. Um, but they they had so many brothels. They had an area called the Twilight Zone, which I found real interesting because <laughs> you would think the TV show or something like that, but clearly this is way before that. So I thought it was a really cool name for them to have in there. And I wonder if like Rod Sterling ever heard that story and, thought that the twilight zone sounded awesome and that's where he uh took the name from i don't which 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 came first was the uh when when did they call it twilight zone in montana like the 1880s 1890s was definitely first then (laughs) that's what i'm saying yeah 
yeah, 18, so, uh, 1880s there watching episodes of the Twilight Zone. I'm like, yeah, this sounds cool. Let's do yeah. my town after this. Yeah. Also, I agree with Soph. I was going to bring this up later. The 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 job minor when I'm talking about a brothel, it just very alarming every single time. It yep. just really sounds real wrong, right? Like absolutely yeah. not not what I'm trying to say at all. No, you gotta um, you gotta pronounce it. Minors or minors. Not, yeah, no minors. <laughs> Although yeah. I mean, I, apparently they were both. Yeah. So that was real interesting during the show. Um, but yeah, they uh so they built up they build up all around you know legal and illegal activities which is gambling pubs you know poker brothels um all the b words that we came up with earlier bananas bonkers did they change that (laughs) it's boker dave (laughs) the times (laughs) at this point chad is trolling us right like these can't be actual names of towns climax michigan horny town north carolina i think climax michigan is real i think so um can we not do this for the rest of the show because it's really derailing it's gonna be it's gonna be hard (laughs) it's you're damn right dave um so yeah it's and when this brothel opens it quickly establishes itself as one of the three preeminent brothels in the entire town so it was like this and two others that like you went to especially if you had money you went to this brothel because it its reputation was above all the others was it did it end up being the only one in town at any point or was there always competition i mean from what i understand later like probably past the 1940s 1950s it was the only game in town Hmm. but that's as the government slowly shut these places down again, the 1940s being one of the main ones. And what a weird thing to name a brothel after your wife. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was, maybe it was the only way she let it. She, the only way she let it happen was like, if you're going to do it, you're going to name it after me. Yeah. You're either going to give it my name or you're going to call it. I have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the names for your brothel. So as we go on this list that I refuse to stop, reading uh there is finger tennessee as well as nut bush <laughs> which are both near jackson <laughs> and then there's a dildo in newfoundland uh i don't know what's gonna get our podcast banned but it might be yes. chat this week yes but we're just listing off town names as long as they're not lying then these are these are legitimate yep yeah um so yeah and then you start expanding they had a boom of money come in in the early 1900s. The miners were making a lot more money uh, because there was no child labor laws at the time. <laughs> it's going to be impossible. <laughs> not to have to clear it up every time we say it. <laughs> no, but but the copper mining because of electricity, like that's what these mines were. They were copper mines. Electricity was really coming into form. So these mines were making tons of money. So everything started expanding. And then you get to, I'm going to be honest, I had never heard of cribs. That's the other thing. So we're talking about miners and cribs. And I had never heard the term crib in a brothel before. Most cribs sleep in, I mean, most miners sleep in cribs up until like. We got to stop. At least the issue is like. (laughs) (laughs) But have you, had you guys heard of this term? Like for a brothel, a a crib? That's bad. 
And so why? It, what is the like? What is the context? Like, where do they? Why do they call it that? What's the? Well, that's interesting that it kind of changed over into like. Meaning, people a house. started calling their house their crib. Mm, like that's early, true. Early two thousands. So like, so a crib at a brothel was just basically those small rooms you saw. Thanks for listening to the episode, Dave. Um, they could keep a bed and a chair in this room, and that was about what you could fit in there. And what they were doing is that's that was their room. There was up, it became in the basement of this brothel, there was 43 cribs in the basement, like 43 different spaces for the women. And the brothel was open 24 seven. They worked shifts. They had three, eight hour shifts. Just like um, they, they copied what the uh, like the mines were doing so that there was always somebody on when when the people workers, get off work. Yeah, when the people got off work to go over there. I don't think all 43 were active at once by any means. Like, I'm sure each girl had their own, like, little room. And they would come in and, like, split it up. But, yeah, the average time that someone would stay in one of these, quote-unquote, cribs was seven minutes. That's perfectly average. Yeah. um so yeah i mean that it it just the the turnover was huge the money coming in was great they were losing a lot of it and another thing that they started doing was they ended up creating like a another apartment building for the girls so almost all the money the girls were making were just going back to the owners because they were paying them you know, the 40% plus rent for the spot. So it's, it, it just basically, they were making almost no money at all. They so, were just basically earning their board. Right. They were earning enough money to live basically. And that was it. And we're also talking about a time where there isn't much to do. Right. So you, yeah, it's, either, it's either saloons casinos or brothels brothels, right right so i mean this is this is some of the the stuff and conditions weren't great conditions weren't great for anybody but you know we go back to this time frame and if you were born like a poor girl and you didn't find like a marriage prospect and you had like no family or something you were in a bad spot and you end up here and it's kind of just like hell on earth because now you're even less desirable to marry, which unfortunately was like the only way for women to, you know, have any type of status at this point in time. So yeah. it's rough. Yep. So we talk about how bad the miners had it and not that they didn't, but women weren't even allowed to be miners. Like they, they weren't allowed let to them grow up. They just, they, their options for work were super limited which which just sucks so like they were kind of like forced into this sometimes because there was nothing else yeah and once they're in that line of work especially back in this time there's like there's now a zero percent chance you're ever going to get married right yeah basically like a life they would get these well that's one of the hauntings of this place too is that they would get these like promises of Mm -hmm. marriage from you know these people that would get off their mining job and go to the same brothel maybe every day or every other day or whatever. And they'd probably go try to get the same girl and then fall in love. And some of them would promise 
that they would eventually marry them. And uh, apparently this led to one of the suicides, apparently, that led to the one of the hauntings that's still there. Well, this one actually looked like it was going to be a marriage. Um, so the girl who we're talking about, she was supposed to get married to one of the guys that worked in the mines. He sent her a letter. She had it hanging in her crib, which is, you know, whatever. That's her spot. A um, little weird, but it is what it is. And basically, they were set to get married. And he was part of that mine, um, the, the big mine explosion uh, accident that happened in 1917, where like 180 something people died, which was horrific. I, I don't know if you guys caught that part of the episode, but. You know, it they're, was they're particularly brutal. I mean, the, the most brutal part is like, how are you supposed to put out a fire? You're supposed to put out with water, right? And the water is, it's just so hot that the water is doing nothing and it's just turning it to steam and burning and boiling people. Almost right. like uh, one of the, that was one of the things that happened in like Chernobyl. Like you can't just take a fire hose to a nuclear fire like, right. or, or nuclear explosion or whatever. And it was just making things worse because it's just turning it into steam and making it even worse. And they said some of these victims were just completely unrecognizable when they- yeah found them yeah most of them they couldn't they couldn't put a body to a name and that was probably the accident i can't confirm it i don't know how to confirm it but the gear adds up and we're talking about 100 and you know 80 something deaths probably the right one probably the right accident that it happened in i would say um so yeah so she loses them in that and that was her kind of her way out right and it's not like she was gonna have a great life she wasn't becoming a princess or anything but she was going to get to go live with her husband who was going to take care of her um she could be a normal stay-at-home wife and work 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 around the home or whatever which is like what they aspired for at that point in time again you know different era but that was taken away from her and she uh took it real rough and it was either a you know a suicide or an accidental overdose on opium yeah. I wonder, so you have this uh, mining accident, right? 180 people, plus you mm -hmm. have the other deaths that were um, not subsequent, but, you know, in addition to in that area. And then, so you basically have a ley line at that point, speaking paranormally. And then there's also like a ton of granite in the area, which granite mm -hmm. is one of those rocks that retain the energy. So wonder if all those things kind of work together, create sort of a ley, a ley line. Like um, kind of in uh, what, what town was that? Bel Air, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Similar situation with the mining accident creating a lay, a lay line. So I wonder if that's the case here. Yeah, that could be a good one. And we don't know what was going on in the land before wars. You know, Montana's up there. Could have been before America was formed. We don't know. Like it's true. It's such a big, it's such a big uh, state too. Like just, Massive. it's such a big. It's like the one state that I was like, wow, I can't believe. It. I like, I knew Montana was big, but you start looking at it, and you're like, it's quite a large state. And you uh, mentioned the uh, granite Papa Squatch brings up. Have you heard of the stone tape theory, which we've never talked about <laughs> here on the show before? Uh, Obviously, it can play a part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you have a lot of tragedy going on all around this place in terms of stuff that we don't even know what happened. They uncovered a freaking bloody handprint on like 
a door that was like locked away for years and years and years and years. What the hell's the story behind that? We're never yeah. going to know. That's pretty uh, grisly discovery. And I, I believe they also have inside the house, they still have the note that that girl wrote to her would-be husband or whatever. Oh, talking really? about how they're going to get married and everything. So I don't know if it's like a recreation type thing or something that they just pretended to find. But it seems the, the way that it was worded made it seem authentic. The the specifics behind that haunting is that that specific spirit started um, manifesting a lot more during the renovations. So there was already hauntings from like a bunch of other spirits that we're going to talk about. But this girl specifically started manifesting more when they started renovating the uh, the basement. Yep. And this is just such a common thing in hauntings is that once you start doing renovations, obviously, it's another thing that we've talked about a bunch of times on the show, but once you start doing renovations, that's when hauntings can peak. It's one of those mm -hmm. things you're starting to disturb the scene, whether it's like an earthbound spirit that's upset that you're messing with their house. A lot of these like earthbound spirits, like they don't realize that they're ghosts. And they also in the spirit realm, there's there's no sense of time. So this is like yesterday for them right. or like, you know, like they just died yesterday. They don't realize they died. And then you all of a sudden you got this random construction crew and messing up your house. Ghost is like, dude, what are you doing? You know, this is this is my house. Get yeah. out of here. So then they they notice that there's there's starting to be different things shifting around. And mm -hmm. with other ones, it's like like it, when you're talking about a regular hunting inside of a house, it could be like a mother maybe dies in a car accident on the way home or something like that, doesn't realize she's dead. And then things start moving around the house and that's the mother like being like, Hey, why aren't you paying attention to me? I'm here. Hello. You know, slamming stuff down on the ground or something like that. And meanwhile, the family's terrified because they just lost mom. And now there's a haunting going on in the house. But yeah, that's, that's a common thing. And then obviously what we we're just talking about with the renovations. Do you guys think so? As I was researching this episode, I was thinking about it a little bit more and we talk about the residual hauntings at like private homes and stuff like that. And obviously in private homes, you experience all types of emotion from love, anger, everything. But it's so spread out because you're usually when you're in your home, you're just usually like even kale for the most part. You know, unless you're Jesse looking for a beer after he hasn't had one for two hours or something like that. Um, but this is a seltzer water. <laughs> um, but at a brothel specifically like a type of building like this i think you're dealing with a range of emotions frequently you're dealing with happiness like extreme happiness extreme lust extreme anger extreme jealousness like all of these like major emotions and energies are coming out way more frequently at a building like this than at like a private residence so i wonder if like that has anything to do with adding to the hauntings. I've kind of talked about it with the hotels before. I was just going to say similar to a hotel. Yeah. Where like at a hotel, like especially back in this time when hotels were the vacation where it's like, Oh, I had a lot of fun here. I had a lot of memories here, but a lot of bad stuff happened as well. Um, so I wonder if that has a lot to do with like a place like this, having, having the hauntings. Yeah. And maybe more so because where a hotel people are there temporarily, but this place, you had people that were residents there, mm -hmm. you know, actually living there for large portions of their life. Right. Um, yeah. What about, 
What about the girl that worked there until she was 61 years old? Damn. Sandra was her name. Good for her. Uh, Must probably a day shifter by the end, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, she was like the most popular girl in the early 1900s, according to, to legends and rumors. And she just stayed there for, you know, probably 40 plus years working Mm -hmm. there, 40 years. That's commitment. When you you master your craft, you create demand. It's true. I mean, good for her for, you know, for being able to stick it out for 40 years. I can't, I never want to stay at the same place working for more than like five years. So, so very much touche. Never met a brothel. Yep. I mean, I would uh, set, I would set up my office inside a brothel. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? What are you doing there? Gonna write ghost stories and record, record audio. He's gonna master, master his craft. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, master's craft. Something like that. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. You said moving on. Like nope, you were gonna, just moving on from that you, joke. You were yeah. going to bring something up. I've Thanks. had to bite my tongue on so many different jokes this episode to try to keep this relatively PG-13. We're just moving on. All so right. when, when ghost uh, investigators go into these brothels to investigate for ghosts, do you think they use the black lights? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I watched um, Ghost Adventures was there. I watched that episode today and they had staged a bunch of trigger objects, which were a bunch of girls that were dressed up like ladies of the night of that time that would be working there. And they they got some interesting stuff. Most of the girls looked really uncomfortable to be there. And I mean, maybe that was the environment. Maybe that was just the situation that they were thrown in there, but it was a, it was an episode. Yeah. I think they had, um, they were seeing a ghost and I don't want to say if it was or wasn't called the judge. Is this, were they the ones that had the judge? The judge. Basically the malevolent spirit that judge, I couldn't find anything else on this spirit. Like no one else has reported this spirit or anything. So I don't know. I'm not going to say whether it's there or not. I didn't include it because I couldn't find a second, third, fourth, fifth source at all. I don't think you that. need to with ghost stories. I think that, you know, obviously you have to take into consideration it's possible that somebody either made something up or mis- mistook it as something else. But, you know, we talked about how in on in that dimension or whatever, there's no perception of time whatsoever. So a ghost might manifest once in a thousand years and think mm. nothing of it. You know, I will no. say, I mean, like a lot of these shows that you watch, you're like, this just seems like they're just doing it for this show. On that particular episode, they brought in like, I don't know if he's the current owner or like a caretaker or something that was working there or whatever. But this man was horrified. He was not okay. It looked, there was something wrong with this man. And he's just like, can we do this uh, upstairs in one of the rooms or whatever? Like he he had clearly seen some shit in that house. And he just seemed very authentic. You see, you see people on these shows, these documentaries all the time. You're like, that person is full of it. This person might not be, but this guy seemed either he's the greatest actor that's ever been on the travel channel, or he was just fully legit. Mm. And he seemed like he was legit. And he just le- legitimately seemed like he was terrified of something. So if the judge was what he was seeing, then I, I, I would buy that just off his story alone. But again, 
what we like to look for, because we like to, on this part of the show, we like to say, is this bullshit or is it not bullshit? And what we like to see is scientific evidence and that that would be it being proven over and over again. Did multiple people see it? Is it being reported on by multiple different sites or multiple different paranormal teams or whatever? So that's kind of how we go about it is usually to verify something for it to make it into one of our openings of the episodes. We like to at least double source something. If it's just going off one person's story, then it's neither here nor there, but yeah. So I was going to bring it up on this portion of the show that this was another apparition that's supposedly pretty violent towards men. And I think that's why they called it the judge because it would come in and judge people, I guess. But that's, that's the extent that I could find on it. So mm-hmm. it would have been like, a it would have been like a real throwaway line for me in there. Like, and then there's the judge who judges you. Judge is going to judge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's where that's where I went with that one. So we've kind of covered some of the other ones. There's a lot of residual hauntings, as you brought up earlier here, too, where they just hear people having conversations and negotiating and everything like that. It's uh, it's a real it's it's like a bar. It's like you hear about these haunted bars and you hear all these conversations and everything happening so i i just found this this, so is this like the the conversation thing sounds sketchy to me because this seems like a place that would just be open around the clock right never shuts down so well it was so who was witnessing the conversations multiple groups that have come in there they're hearing conversation it's not open 24 7 open anymore Right. I don't think they it's now. Anymore, is it? So this is like a now thing. People are going in and hearing conversations. Yeah, they do oh, okay. investigations there. Gotcha. Like you are allowed, you can go do investigations there. And this is a frequent thing that's heard. If we want to talk about one one of the spirits that they actually saw well open, that's the madam that has the mystery of was it natural causes that she died from? Was it suicide or was it murder and there's a lot of different theories on what happened with her but as soon as she passed away the workers inside the building were seeing her her spirit which we don't always hear we don't always hear it just happening like that fast right so that that's an interesting one and she would always be carrying her suitcase wherever they saw her mostly on the stairs or in the hallways an interesting detail, the suitcase. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that suggests. Well, maybe nothing. She, well, she died when she died. She was supposed to be leaving with her her boyfriend that was leaving his wife for her, and no one knows who the boyfriend was. She wouldn't tell anybody, so it's suspected that he was a high ranking businessman or something in town, because she had mm-hmm. connections. Obviously, like she these people were going to this place to see women, right? Yeah. So I think a suicide doesn't make sense in that situation. I think that it's pretty uncommon for somebody committing suicide to pack their suitcases. Or maybe she packed her suitcases expecting him to pick her up and then he never showed. Yeah. Right. I guess in that situation, it'd be odd to unpack your suitcases first. Yeah. So that was part of it, but she was missing a bunch of stuff from her house. Um, Some money was missing, almost like it was staging a robbery. And people think that the guy, whoever the guy was, got to the coroner first and was like natural causes. And if he wasn't going to say that, then they were going to probably try to blame it on, you know, 
a robbery or something like that 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 took her out because she was only 42 years old and you know this is the 1950s people didn't understand heart disease but 42 in the 50s is still real young like that's still a young age to uh for a woman to be having a heart attack or heart heart failure without any pre-existing conditions right so um it's a real interesting one and the fact that they saw her right away like i just i keep going back to that that as soon as she passed away people were seeing her spirit in the hall and it's being seen till this day that's also common so another one of these earthbound hauntings would be if like right after you die if you still have some sort of message that you wanted to convey or Mm -hmm. if you died a tragic way so if she was murdered if it was suicide a lot of times that's that's what can create these hauntings and it adds up yeah so it's it's, negative negative energy and her whole story is interesting too because she worked her way from being just working at the place to actually buying the brothel like she owned it she was the not only the you know like the quote-unquote manager you know the uh, what's the word that they call them the madam the madam but she owned the property she was looking to sell it to to move away when she was moving away um there is another interesting story of the last madam who owned this place and there's no hauntings associated with her yet that's why i didn't put her in the episode but she, she's got a real interesting story. So Ruby Garrett bought the place and she bought it well after it was all illegal and everything like that. But before she bought it in 1959, she was in the middle of a card game with her husband and um, she shot him five times and killed him. Oh, so he died of natural causes too. Yeah. Natural causes. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he dies of natural causes after being shot five times during a card game. So it says that he um, beat her repeatedly. And I'm assuming that I'm assuming that's in the physical way and not in the card game way. Maybe be, though. Be, because I mean, Rob, I've played poker against you before. You beat me repeatedly. I've thought about shooting you several times. That's, that's a good point. So you could die in natural causes. Nice. Um, so she went to prison for a few years. Then she buys the brothel she ends up paying off a bunch of cops and elected officials and she's the last one to own it. And they finally shut her down. Do you think it was because it was a brothel? Do you think that's how they got her? I'm going to guess not. It's I'm not. also going to guess not. Um, how did they get Al Capone? Oh, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to be here. So they got her for tax evasion. Got her for tax evasion. And that's how the brothel finally shut down. And since then, people have bought it and tried to renovate it. It's sort of like a, a museum now. They do haunted tours there. But, yeah, they have a legitimate museum in there now, and they do the the paranormal stuff. Yeah, you gotta love the the U.S. government. Murder a guy, shoot him five times in the chest, no problem. Run an illegal gambling and illegal prostitution uh, business, no problem. Yeah. Fuck with the IRS though. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> Go to jail. She lived till she was 94 years old, too. She died about 10 or 11 years ago. Wow. So she lived a quite long life. She was a, they said she was a grandmotherly presence at the brothel. So, yeah, crazy story. No hauntings associated with her yet, but maybe, 
maybe at some point. I mean, we also don't know all the spirits that are there. So a conniving, robbering, murdering grandmother like presence. Yeah. You know, just like uh the mother from the, the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So I mean that's kind of all of the spirits that we have in here. We've kind of covered a lot of them. And did you guys find this one interesting? Did you I did. I thought it was uh I thought it was different. I mean, we have covered the Birdcage Theater before, you know, quickly in the the Tombstone episode. I think that story with um I think it was Gold Dollar was the was the working girl's name. Like I I still like that story a lot in terms of some of the aspects of it, but overall, it's a, tough, this... it's a tough one to follow. But I think you got enough time in between the two episodes. <laughs> I know. Wait to... enough. And now I'm only covering haunted brothels for the rest of the time we do this show. <laughs> mm. Just really every week, yourself. Every three weeks, we're just covering a different haunted brothel, mm. hometown brothel stories, hometown so. brothel stories. Entirely different show. Got to got to include the word ghost in there, otherwise. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you where I visited again. <laughs> Third time this week. Yeah. Just, uh, just the new side content series that we're running here at, at Hometown Ghost Stories. Yeah, we're trying not to pigeonhole ourselves too much like that. So which is something that costs extra at a brothel, I think. <laughs> gum gum stories. Get, getting pigeonholed at a brothel, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a new one. Yeah. Um, I don't want to know what that means. I don't, I don't think know. it means anything. It doesn't mean anything. I just said it because it sounded funny. <laughs> if you don't know what it means, you can't afford it, Jesse. <laughs> oh, no, I will not be having the pigeonhole this time. <laughs> <laughs> they put oh, the man. pigeons back. They're like, well, that's just <laughs> These guys haven't gotten any action all week. Anyways. Mike Moving Fisher on. It's just there every week. <laughs> Pigeon. <laughs> <Love them. laughs> Uh, how do we get here (laughs) (laughs) how do we ever get anywhere we get on this show like it just it just happens um trying to think if there was any other interesting hauntings i mean like we said there there's potential murders they 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 were thought to have covered up murders here especially in the early days because you don't want that getting out even if you are like sort of like a sort of rough and I don't want to say lawless town, but like you, yeah, you know, I feel like at this time, as long as, as long as you put a little effort in, they're like, all right, we're never yeah. going to figure that out. <laughs> There's no security cameras, no fingerprints, no DNA. Ah. Yeah. And we're talking about people that like the families weren't really there. Right. Like there's real loose. And even if there were families like tracking them down a little too much effort for the police back then. Oh, I got to go outside of town. Not doing that. Not sending that letter. We, we may have to f- talk to another police department. Right. That's their yeah. job. Yeah. They can figure it out. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of murders or not a lot, but they they think that there was multiple murders that were covered up in this place, which I wouldn't be shocked. Right. Mm. No, not at all. Like we know that people are people are monsters. And if they can get away with something and they have the psyche for it, some of them take that opportunity, especially if they were high ranking officials or something and knew that they could do whatever and get away with it. So, which we saw in the 1950s still in this place. So, yeah, you don't worry about that. So, 
um yeah it's gonna pretty much do it for butte we're gonna be coming back to butte so i didn't want to cover anything else like to hit on anything little after the show i thought we could talk about that other stuff there's a lot in butte montana's got quite a few places we'll definitely be back in montana for more episodes in the future but uh it's nice to get another state off off the map we can color this state in and uh we're we're getting through the states are you guys ready to cover pennsylvania is that what we're going to next week <laughs> oh yeah, we, definitely we're going we to uh right back to montana dave <laughs> maybe maybe I don't, I don't know no next week we're going to new jersey new jersey to, mm, yeah that's right we're going to clinton road which is uh, a haunted road in new jersey so that's where we'll be heading shockingly uh, the, that is the state that i am still the like most baffled that we haven't covered yet was new jersey yeah it seems like one that we should have covered by now you know mm. 60 whatever episodes in yeah you would think but, we would have got a new jersey episode in there all right so close to us but we didn't until now and here we are covering new jersey so we got that coming up next week and friday we have a movie review dropping with a special guest yeah we had on and uh so we have that to look forward to also and uh yeah you know we're going after that jesse Jesse likes to decide his where he's we're going like, the, the Monday before his episode. We can seven, six days early for me to figure that out. <laughs> um, do we want to read some five star reviews? Yeah, let's run through them. All right. Um, I probably should have set myself up a little better for that, right? right that's so that, that's well, uh, everyone's. I got it. Oh, oh. Wait. Weirdest town name in New Mexico is called Elephant Butte. I got that in front of me. That's a weird one. Hmm. That's a good pertinence to today's episode. Elephant Butte, indeed. Sounds like uh, Jesse needs to cover that for a future episode. You should. All right. So our first review is from Richard, who originally reviewed us. And on the original review, it was picked you you guys up on Jericho's podcast. I'm not a fan of horror themed anything, be it movies, shows. But since I heard the Sally House story on Jericho, I've legit been binge listening to everything you guys have. I can't stop the format is awesome and every episode is hauntily addicting his update was i find myself taking long drives just to listen to the podcast in my car with no disturbance love this show great review thank you for that richard um next one is from p warner i work at night and listen to podcasts to pass the time i was looking for one about ghost stories and love this one right away i like the history and conversation between the guys sometimes i feel bad for dave for being picked on haha <laughs> Keep up the good work, P. Warner. Don't feel bad for Dave. You don't see behind the scenes. He brings this all on himself when we go at him. Always. It's always self-inflicted. It's not true. It's very true. Um, And finally, we have Luke Skywalker. There's no W in it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, It's titled My Favorite. This has quickly become my favorite podcast. I've listened to most episodes multiple times. Love the horror movie reviews as well. Please never stop creating content. Um, well, luckily for you, we've put enough energy into this podcast that when we're all long gone, we will still be creating ghost podcasts. And um, you can probably pick them up when you're on the other side. That's right. Be a real yeah, ghost podcast. Right. We're going to be talking about the living. Mm-hmm. Uh, proud to announce a new line of merch coming out. We're going to drop posters and we i designed a few of these today and they came out really cool so i'm going to show you one of them a little sneak peek here 
uh, for those on listening to the audio version of the podcast, you can check the Discord, and I will show you guys what it's going to look like as soon as I can find it. Boom. That is a little preview of it, so that'll be the poster, and also, I'll also send them out to the people on Patreon as iPhone-sized screensavers. So that's the Amityville house, obviously, with this kind of lake-like reflection that I designed today. So if you're interested in those, we'll get those out to you. And um, yeah, and cool. for for Patreons, uh, for patrons, we will drop those as um, uh, wallpapers. So it's, it's iPhone size, I think, like iPhone X and up size. I'm not entirely sure. If you need a different sizing on it, just shoot me a message and we'll figure that out for you. Uh, but I think it is now time to spin a wheel. So let's do this. What was that button that Andrew said? It was F4. 11. 5. 11. God knows what settings I just completely messed up. All right. <laughs> and here we go. Uh, if, if your name is not on this list, let me know and we will, uh, we'll fix it for you. And we'll add you in twice next week. Brennan, I forgot you last week, so I put you on twice this week. So let's give it a spin and see who wins. This is for a five-pack. Oh. And here goes the wheel. It's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. It's going, it's going. And who's it going to land on? It's getting close to Sky W. Sky, Sky w. w. You are the winner. Congratulations. Sky W. We're going to give it one more spin. Rob, you're up. All right. The wheel is spinning. Here it goes. It's going around. It's going around. Who's it going to stop on? Are we going to get excited? Is it going to be Al Capone? It's going to be Nancy. Oh, it could be Lauren. It's going. Oh, Nancy. <laughs> it was real close, but Nancy. Nancy, Nancy on Facebook. Winner. Nancy on Facebook. Oh, I think that's her first Facebook viewer to win it. So if you guys are here, just uh, shoot me a message one way or another. Nancy, you can send it over yeah. to our Facebook page. Candy, I missed you. Ah, I'll get you next week twice. Remind me. And um, yeah. So. yeah. 14 seconds to email Jesse or your prize is null and void. Also, you have to pay taxes on all of it. Wait, did I miss Lauren as well? Oh, no, wait. It almost... Oh, God, I missed everyone. All right, well, I did terrible. So, anyways, Nancy is here. Congratulations, Nancy. Just send us a DM us a message on Facebook or Discord or wherever, and we will send you those out. And then the other winner was... I've already forgotten. Sky. Sky. Sky was here a few times asking for stickers, so send us a message, whichever way you can find us. For those of you listening to the podcast, you too can get in on oh, these no. did every you Tuesday. Also. Did I? I think I actually removed Mar because wow. I didn't think she was here. Yeah. She was on from last week. So sorry, Mar. All right. Well, we did I did terrible at this. We're gonna have to keep it up. You know what I have to do is I'm gonna have to open up for like the five the last like five minutes of the show because when it goes all show long, I obviously miss comments. So I'm gonna disable the nightbot thing until the end of the show and then it'll be like, all right, everyone that wants to enter the contest to it now. Otherwise we're gonna we're gonna miss people. But next week, you guys will have two entries, just remind me. Um Anyways. I just wanna I wanna remind everyone that if you listen on Spotify please still give us a five-star review on there. And if you want us to read a review, if you give us a five-star review, just email us at hometownghoststories.com. And we will read that review. Yes, indeed. We absolutely will. Wait, so. can you even leave a review with words on Spotify? No. Uh, no, that's why I'm saying for them to email us, Jesse. Oh, okay, I was, I was definitely listening to you. Um, Stephanie, I did send those out all 15 of the stickers that you won last week. You won three different times last week, Stephanie and her daughters. She won in the, the pre-show Patreon hangout. She won in the regular show and she also hit a bingo cart. So I sent you out literally all of the stickers. Like you got every single location. I think there's only 15 different locations that we printed out. So anyways, <laughs> that'll pretty much do it. For those of you at home, I was saying that if you want to get on this, uh, just turn into the live broadcast as we do every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can uh, you can try to win yourself some stickers. So, 
Anything else, gentlemen? That's going to do it for me. There's cool. a town called Worms, Nebraska. I like that. Worms. Worms. That's, a, that's all I got. <clears throat> that's a good way to end it. That's a good way to end it. For all of you out in Worms, Nebraska, <laughs> a special good night to you. To you. Worms. <laughs> <laughs>